Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We bless and exalt your name. We worship and give you all the praise. We come before you, Father, to receive instruction. With the mind for God, spiritual enlightenment, strength, capacity, God, to receive. And the expansion of your word in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we continue with our series on the difference between the believer and the unbeliever. And this is part number six. This is part number six of the series on the difference between the believer and the unbeliever. The man in the street. Our main text, again, like we said, is Ephesians 4, reading from verse 17 to verse 23. That's our main text. Uh, but then the subsection we're dealing with now, uh, after you look at uh, Ephesians 2, 12 to 13, Ephesians 2, 12 13, um, there we're told, Ephesians 2, 12 13, that at that time, where without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And this is exactly what we're dealing with now. This particular section is what we're dealing with. The difference between you, a believer, and the unbeliever. And here we are being made to understand that when you are an unbeliever, this was your state. You were separated on the alien from the commonwealth of Israel and a stranger from the covenant of promise. You have no hope in this world. Uh, without God in the world, you have no hope. And without God in the world. And again, we look at Romans chapter 9, verse number 4. There again, we see uh, where scripture says, Who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenant and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises? And this is also part of what we're dealing with alongside with what we find in Ephesians 2. Praise the living God. Okay, so this evening we're just going to be taking the part that has to do with the giving of the law. Uh, I just desire that you can go back to the rest of the series. Even if you're watching live stream, you can scroll back on my wall and be able to go to part 1 down to part 5 and come up to this place so that you can have accurate Understanding of what we're dealing with. So, this evening we're going to be dealing with the issue of the giving of the law. Uh, we're made to understand that Israel was given the law, that pertained to the law, like we find in Ephesians 2. Praise the Lord. So, the giving of the law. Yeah, we said the giving of the law has to do with the revelation of God, you know, by God Himself, containing the systems of moral and political precepts that Israel was supposed to be governed with. I tried to explain that a little bit last week. And we find that this was very peculiar to the Jews. But no other nation, no other nation on the earth at that time had ever been given a revelation of his will. You know, God never for once spoke to any other nation or gave laws to any other nation other than Israel. So it was very peculiar to Israel. And so you today now, as a child of God, hmm, the Christian community all over the world is a royal family. You know that. A holy nation. A holy nation. Hallelujah. 
Now that means the Bible, which is the laws of God now, which are the spiritual laws of God, is unique to the Christian community. Now the privilege that Israel had when God spoke to them uniquely completely different from any other nation. That is a privilege you have today as a child of God. The Bible is a document of God's intent and purpose for mankind but now revealed to the Christian community as a nation that other nations cannot possess. By implication, the man in the street do not have access to the revelation that are found in the Bible. Hallelujah. They don't have access to it. They have no clue as to what the scripture says. And that's why I keep telling us, you, you don't go minister to the man in the street and be trying to use some scriptures to provide judgment upon the man in the street. That is not accurate. You know why? Because the laws were not given to the outsider. The laws which of the Bible are given to the believer. God will only judge Israel based on the fact that they violated his laws. Am I correct? Yeah, he wasn't using his laws to judge other nations. So you don't expect God to use the Bible to judge the man in the street. Not at all. Okay, fine. Yeah, scripture says, in the time of ignorance, God wintered. But the man that not received the spirit to become a Christian can't understand what the scripture is saying. Are you done with me? No, we got to put things in perspective. <laughs> because there was a nation, and there's a nation. What was that nation? Israel. What was the nation? The believers, the church. Ghana, or even Cameroon, is an emony country. You cannot use the laws of Cameroon to judge a Nigerian. That makes sense to you? It's practically impossible. I, I get it what I'm talking about. These are two nations. The Cameroonian laws and the Nigerian laws. You can't use the Cameroonian laws to judge Nigeria. Neither can you know the Nigerian laws to judge the Cameroonian. Practically impossible. And that's exactly what we're seeing. For there are two nations. The church and the rest of the world. Cain and Abel. Adam and Eve, if you will. Jacob and Esau, the two nations exist on the face of the earth. The sheep and the goats. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying here? I need you to get this. Now I'm saying that the Bible is such a privileged book for you as a believer. And you can find God's laws and intent and purposes for your life as you study the Bible. It's uniquely given to you, not to the man in the streets. Except the one I have come to believe. And I have received the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the living God. He said the man in the street, even if he picks the Bible to read it, it could be just like ordinary book, ordinary novel. But if you read it, you get light from it. Hallelujah. So we are talking about the giving of the law to Israel. Knowing the mind of God, and this happened on Mount Sinai, like I told us the last time, 
and the possession of it thereafter with the Jews justly in order to claim it, the believers, they become unique before God, they become peculiar people before God. Hallelujah. And this was not made available to other nations. That's what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. Look at Deuteronomy 4 verse number 5. Deuteronomy 4 verse number 5. Moses speaking to Israel said this. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgment, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that it should do so in the land without a go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom. And what? Your understanding. In the sight of the nations, praise God somebody. This is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations. In other words, the laws we are going to kind of project Israel above the rest of the nations as they follow the law. So one of the things that differentiated Israel from other nations was the law that they received from the Lord. So one of the things that separates you from the man in the street is the Bible. Now if you don't study the Bible, if you don't understand the Bible, how are you different from the man in the street? You are both just the same because you don't understand the mind of God, you don't understand the wisdom of God and the understanding of God as revealed in the scriptures. Hallelujah. Said so it shall be wisdom and understanding the sight of the nation which I hear of these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Praise God. This nation, what nation? Israel. What is making them to become wise and understand the people? The law. So what makes you a wise and understanding person today? The Bible. The laws of God. The spiritual understanding of the Bible makes you a wise and understanding person on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. Verse 7 says, For what nature is here so great? Anytime I read this particular passage in the Bible, I mean, <laughs> it turns me on. To the place of reasoning and thinking and, and meditating and, and trying to find out a lot of things as to say, where are we today among the nations? Verse 7 says, For one nation is here so great that by implication, this is what the man in the street was supposed to say about you or the church. But tell me what people say today about the church. That tells you how far we've come away from God if this confession was to be for Israel what ought the confession be today for the holy nation of God which is the church upon the face of the earth mm. glory to God so what a great nation who had gone so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is in all things that will call upon him for. And this is wonderful privilege that you can have as a believer. We have God so close to us. 
We have God so nigh, that is God so close to us, that we don't box any situation to get God to answer our prayers. We don't, we don't look to other sources. We don't scratch our head thinking to find solution to our problems. We have God so nigh to us. Glory to God. When the unbeliever struggles, look for sorcerers and divinations Soothsayers, you you are not to be involved in such things because your God is so close to you. So you're being a believer brings God closer to you, or you becoming closer to God as compared to where you are not a believer. I'm trying to make you see the difference between a believer and the unbeliever. Praise God now. Hallelujah. Okay, take it from message translation. Verse number five. Oh, glory. Deuteronomy 4, verse 5, message translation say, Pay attention. I'm teaching you the rules and regulations that God commanded me so that you may live by them in the land you are entering to take up ownership. Glory to God. By implication, the rules and regulations of God given to us in Scripture gives us life in this land, in this world that we're living in. We can live out the fullness of life based on the Scriptures. That's what I'm saying. Are we together? It's important you understand <laughs> where you are today the value that God plays in your life and the privileges that he has granted to you because he called you to himself. Just like he did to Israel. Verse 6 says, Keep them. Uh, what do you mean keep them? Meditate on them now. Receive the instruction from God. Meditate on instructions God. Live by those things that you are receiving on this land. He said you are supposed to live by the rules and the regulation God has given to you in the land that you are going to have ownership. Remember, he's taking them to Canaan. Praise the Lord. Practice them. You become wise and what? Understanding. Practice what? The laws. What laws do we have today? The scriptures, the Bible. Practice them. What will happen? You become wise and what? Understanding. You become wise and understanding. You see, the Bible talks about if you are a servant, how to behave. Ephesians. Remember that? If you are a husband, how to behave. If you are a wife, how to behave. I mean, you can't, you, you want wisdom, you want understanding of any situation, it's right there in the scriptures. It's right there. For you to live the life you are supposed to live right here on the world today, it's right there in the scriptures. Whatever person you are, whatever category of person you are, whether you be a leader, politically or otherwise, the instructions are there in the scriptures. Praise the living God. Hmm. Keep them practice and you become wise and understand it. When people hear and see what's going on, they will say, what a great nation 
so wise to understanding. We've never seen anything like it before. Now, do I that? We haven't seen people that can be so wise and understanding like this set of people. You see, for you is in the household of faith, your actions are foolishness of the man in the street. But you are the wisest man on the face of the earth. If you are going by the precept of the scripture. The man in the street sees you foolish without realizing that they are the most foolish people. <laughs> Praise the living God. Can you catch this? Verse 7 says, Yes. What other great nation has gods that are intimate with them the way God, our God, is with us? Always ready to listen to us. No God of the world is as intimate. And that's what we're dealing with. Remember that synergy time, we talked about intimacy. You remember that? Walking with God. No nation, that's the declaration of the scriptures, that has a people or their God so intimate, so intimate to them, like our God is. No nation on the face of the earth. God is not far. He's very close with you. It's right about you with his spirit. You got to understand that. Hallelujah. No nation, all those worshiping other gods, whatever, no nation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 was, I was in a video recently, and uh, here was somebody who was a Christian who became a Muslim. I have no problem. And the next time the person was saying that, you see, we're serving the same God. <laughs> But that is very far from the truth. We are not serving the same God. And sometimes they tell you, like I've been saying before, that well, you got to understand that even Abraham had both Isaac and Jacob. But I've explained that to you. That is far from the truth. Even when you say, when people decide to say, well, it's the fault of what is going on, Muslim killing Christian is the fault of Abraham because Abraham are Ishmael. Have you heard that? <laughs> but is that true? No. They lack understanding of what the Bible is saying. Abraham is not the father of Ishmael. I've said that several times. The father of Ishmael is Abraham. The father of Isaac is Abraham. They are not of the same parents. That's what Christians don't even know. Glory to God. And we see here. And so, the Ishmaelites, which are now the Quranic people, they have all of those things that dictate what to do. For instance, they tell you, you fight the jihad, you die, when you get to heaven, wherever, you're going to have Seven virgins are located to you. What a crazy thing is that? You kill people because of seven virgins. And you say, we worship the same God? No. We can't be worshiping the same God. Is anybody understand what I'm saying? How can we be worshiping the same God where you could literally go kill people because you want to get seven virgins? Hmm? And you say, we well, worship the same God? 
No. We are not. Praise the living God. I don't want to begin to talk about what happened to Muhammad and all that. But we know for sure that Jesus will worship. He died and he rose again. Muhammad never rose. He died and he died. <laughs> Is anybody understand what I'm saying? We are not worshiping the same God. We never had the same grandparents from Abraham. No, 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 no. We are children of Abraham through Isaac, through Christ. They are children of Ishmael from Abraham. Is that okay? So the, the Muslim people ought to see us as a wise nation. That's what I'm saying. The man in the streets who is not in the faith should be able to see that these guys are wise people. Like I've just said, that's even simple wisdom. What will make you, if you really think you have brain, to go kill, burn people, destroy nations, we are fighting a jihad, because when you die, you're going to get seven virgins. You stupid. What kind of thinking is that? Hey, you want the virgins, look for them, instead of killing people? Must you go out to heaven before you can get seven virgins? Does that make sense? Hallelujah. We see have Christian too, we think almost the same way, but in a different one. Our own is a mansion. You die, go get a mansion. But no, we don't keep people to be able to get a mansion. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Religion thinks this way. From the mind of God. So, we lost out of wisdom because of religion. But here what the scripture is telling us here. God is so close to us. He's not far. We, we don't seek him from distant places. I'm not against those who go to a mountain to pray. You, you go to a mountain to pray. The only reason you go to a mountain to pray is just because you want to be secluded. You want to get out from distraction. But not because God is in the mountain. No. God is everywhere. Wherever you are, is there. Right in your bathroom, is there. Praise God, somebody. And he listens to us. That's what I'm saying. It's so interesting. He listens to us. Verse 8 says, What other great nation has rules and regulations as good and fair as this revelation that I'm setting before you today? Hallelujah. Praise God. So, what am I saying? As a believer, how do you walk? How are you walking? What are the things that are guiding you? It should be the scriptures, the Bible. Amen? Go with me to Second John, verse number 1. Second John, chapter 1, verse 5. Second John, chapter 1, verse number 5. Hallelujah. And now I beseech you, lady, not as though I write a new commandment unto thee, but that which we have from the beginning, that we do what? We love one another. This is the key to all the laws you find in the New Testament. Take it from the message translation. 
that will love one another. All other laws are found there. Love your neighbors, you love yourself. Every other thing you got to do is find one simple law that God has given to us as New Testament believers, love. Permit me as a reminder, friends, and this is not a new commandment, but simply a repetition of our original and basic chapter that we love what? Each other. If you love, you won't kill. If you love, you won't steal. If you love, you won't convert. If you love, love is everything you need. God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. Praise the living God. Are we here? Wow. I don't seem to be able to get out of this. But you see, can we truly, can we truly study the scriptures and understand the scriptures and follow the precept of the scriptures? If only we can, we will live our life full of wisdom, full of understanding, right here on this earth. Different from other people. One good thing about it is the more you connect to the scripture, the more God starts revealing his mind to you by the spirit. The more God starts oh God. Lord was sharing with me this night. The key word he gave to me in Romans chapter 8 was as many as are led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God. And see, when you come to the place when the spirit begins to lead you, you are not going to jump into it. You are going to go through the scriptures, as you begin to study, as you begin to believe, as you begin to know who God is, how that scripture reveals God, the Spirit comes into your life and you begin to have leadings by the Spirit. You gave me Romans chapter 8, it begin to cause me to study. Praise the Lord. So Israel had this privilege of knowing God, having God so close to them, very unique privilege. That other nations don't have. So you see, other nations they go to that God, they seek God wherever way, they look for certain things, do libation, do whatever thing they need to do to be able to contact the God that they serve and all of that. But God we serve is right close to us. Praise the living God. Okay, the next thing we find in that passage is that Israel had unique services. To whom the service. Peculiar ordinances, rites and ceremonies of their religious worship and especially the sacrificial system was very unique to Israel. It was so expressive of the sinfulness of sin and the holiness of God. Now what I mean is all of those sacrifices that we're making were bringing us something. Man is sinful. Therefore do this to get out of sin. Is that okay? Are you listening to me? Right. All the ceremonies of Israel, they portray two major things. The sinfulness of man and the holiness of God. Did you get that? Right. So, when those, remember, this is what happens every year you bring a lamb, or a lamb. Is that okay? And you offer it on your behalf, and then you are cleansed for that year. Next year you do another one, you know, and so on and so forth. Now, the consciousness of sin is always there. Is that alright? Good. But, what I'm saying is other nations don't have the privilege of ever thinking that what they are doing is sinful, therefore they need to come out of it in any way. No, no, no. You understand that? They don't have that consciousness. It's not right there in their hearts. 
But Israel had this. Now what about us today? We don't need to do what Israel was doing. This holy nation of God today is holy because God is holy. Was called them. And we have imputed and imparted his own divine nature unto them. The privileges you have is you don't have to go through the sacrifices to be accepted by God. You only need to accept the sacrifice of God himself. Remember, when John was speaking, he simply says, The Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Why did you think you call him the Lamb of God? It was simply because everybody had a lamb to bring once a year. So, as you mean I'm an Israelite, I bring my lamb, the lamb of David. Is that okay? But I now think all my children will have to bring their lambs. Because everybody have to open a lamb. <laughs> you can imagine how messy the place was. When slaughtered all the blood, blood stain. Glory to God. So without blood, there is no remission of sins. So they have to do this. So what's the next thing? John said, the lamb of God that take away the sin of the world. So when Jesus was coming, it was not the lamb that God provided. So what the gospel means is, instead of you trying to offer some sacrifices, accept the one God has given to you. That's what salvation is all about. Accept him, your sins are forgiven. He's not requiring you to repeat it every year. Praise God. And so when you accept his own sacrifice, which is the lamb, and this lamb was without spot or wrinkle, <laughs> it was a perfect lamb. Like I told us, you remember in Matthew 26 when the priest came to examine Jesus and we asked him questions, what they were actually doing was they were examining the lamb, whether it was a fault in the lamb. Because it was the lamb of God, so now they were checking. Asking, but did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do that? All of those things they were asking him because the priest must first examine the lamb before it is offered. You understand that? So when the priests were questioning Jesus, they were examining him in relation to what the lamb was supposed to be. And the confession was we find no fault in him. So it was a perfect lamb without spot or wrinkle. Praise God. And every lamb that will always be offered must be washed by the priest before it is offered. And so what happened? That is why Jesus had to go for John's baptism. The lamb of God must be washed before it is offered. So John as a priest had to wash the lamb. Glory to God. You understand it? <laughs> And somebody said, but was that the only reason? No, no, no. Three major reasons he went for baptism, if, if you care to know. First reason was, that is where he will be spotted as the Messiah. John was baptizing to spot out who the Messiah was that they were expecting. And so when the dove came in, rested on him as a spirit, he could declare that this is the Lamb of God that take away the sin of the world. He could point that this is the Messiah. He was doing that. So the first reason Jesus went for baptism is to be able to be declared by John that he was the Messiah they were expecting. The second major reason he has to go for baptism, remember, 
John was baptizing for repentance. Now what was the sin of Jesus that he was supposed to repent from? He has no sin. So why did he go for, for baptism? He was repenting of the law. Going to Galatians 4. Because he was born under the law. <laughs> Are you there with me? That the third major reason why he has to go for baptism is because the Lamb of God, he has to be washed. Because every Lamb of the wash is why he suffered. These are the three major reasons Jesus went for water baptism. People don't understand this. They don't even know this. And so when they are doing it, they say, you know, I don't fulfill all righteousness. What righteousness do you think he was fulfilling? He was a righteous man already. <laughs> Glory to God. And they don't understand what Jesus meant by that. So now, when the priests were not examining him or questioning him, they wanted to see if he has a fault. Because every lamb that must be offered must be spotless. And they couldn't find any fault. They said, this man is innocent. They declared that. We couldn't find anything. So now he was a perfect lamb that was to be offered. And so the lamb had been offered on your behalf. You only need to accept him and stop thinking that there is anything you can do to please God. You can't please God in any other way other than the blood of Jesus. No other sacrifice needed. No other blood is needed. You can't keep on doing it like the Jewish people were doing it. We are not Jewish people. We are Christians. We come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And even the Jews need to believe into this for them to be saved. Are you sitting there with me? Praise God. So, the system was so expressive of the sinfulness of man and the holiness of God. But that is not what we're dealing with today. As far as we being Christian called, we appreciate it. How many of you understand according to John chapter 16? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. I wish we could read that. John 16, look at verse number 8. Let's see what the Holy Ghost comes to do. John 16, let's see from number 8. When he comes, you ask what? King James. Look at it from King James. I want to show you something. When he comes, remember I said, the comforter. Is that okay? Right. He will reprove the wall of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now look at this. What's the next thing? Of sin because they believe not in me. So in the truth says, the Holy Ghost does not convict you of sin. He convinced the wall of sin. Praise God. <laughs> Why? Because we already have that conviction and have received him. What's the next thing that happened? Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. He convinced us of righteousness. He teaches us to believe in the sacrifice of Jesus, which is our righteousness. While he's convicting the world of sin to come into Christ, we convince us to have faith in Christ as our righteousness. Praise God, somebody. That's what the Holy Ghost does. So he does the Holy Ghost say, Holy Ghost convict me of sin. Holy Ghost, con Holy Ghost doesn't convince you of sin. You have a conscience already, which is alive. The Holy Ghost makes you to know who Christ is. To believe into the righteousness of God. To believe into the efficacy of the sacrifice of that blood. Not of sin anymore. Holy Ghost doesn't do that. Hallelujah. He teaches us to believe that Jesus sacrificed enough. And so you see 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. What will he tell you? 
Christ himself. First Corinthians one verse thirty. We can get it. Glory to God. First Corinthians one thirty. What did he say? But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us what wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and what redemption. This is what the Holy Spirit convinced you of. And when you're thinking outside of who you are, the Holy Ghost said, no, you are righteous by reason of the sacrifice of Jesus. Did you get that? But Israel will always want to offer that lamb every year to be able to become what? Righteous. Glory to God. <laughs> and the services of God. Talking about the sanctuary. That's what we're dealing with now. Meaning the whole of those divine instructions. Religious services. Celebration. Of which they were brought into. Was to get them closer to God. They were doing all of that. To be able to get acceptance. But do you need that today? No. We are accepted in the beloved. Glory to God. <laughs> Did you get that? We are accepted in the beloved. We just need to believe. You have nothing to do to make God think you are righteous. You are righteous because you believe. Hallelujah. Everything is sent down to your belief, which is your faith. Amen. I don't know if we can touch your promises tonight. Our time is almost over. So I, I want you to catch this. It's so important. But of him I hear. Now, go back to first John. I mean, John 16 again, verse number 10, and then 11. But for here you see, but oh yeah, and in Christ, what God is made unto us what wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. We tell before that Israel was living in the realm of righteousness. So how do I mean a realm of wisdom and understanding? How is that becoming available to you today? Through Christ. And so when the Holy Spirit, because he said, if I go, you will not see me again. But the Holy Spirit will come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will you know, you know, begin to teach of righteousness. Because I go to my Father and you see me no more as a human being. But he is going to be by you. Hallelujah. That is why you need to get the importance of the Holy Spirit. Don't see the Holy Spirit like, oh well... It's, it's another influence alone that you know, makes me to speak in tongues and all of those things. Let's get down to verse number 6 and read down again. And read down again. Look at that. Verse number 6. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Because talking about Jesus departing now. What's the next thing? Nobody lets I tell you the truth. It is a speed for you that I go away for if I go not away. Can I take this place from the Amplified Translation? Just this place. Just this verse. Verse 6. I mean verse number 7. Amplified. Nevertheless, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable. Everybody say profitable. It is profitable. It is good. It's expedient. It's advantageous. Glory to God. Why did I read this? When you start thinking of Christ as a human figure before you believe, 
you lose out from the advantages of walking with the Spirit. You see, when you start acting like Thomas Didymus, who must see before he believes, then you will lose the advantages, the profits, the goodness that comes to you by the Holy Spirit. So you should see the Holy Spirit as a person of Christ staying by you, attending to you, always with you. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I mean? It has to be seen, it has to be believed that he is a person who is resident with you. Just like as if you were seeing Jesus Christ always with you. When he told them, Lo, I'm with you to the end of the age, you have to understand what he's saying. How is he going to be with them to the end of the age? Ask what? The Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. For you that are going away, because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, Huma, the strengthener, the standby, glory to God. <laughs> you see all these all these things you lose them when you don't understand who the Holy Spirit is. So you see here, the Holy Spirit is what? Your counselor, is your helper in times of need, is your advocate who speaks on your behalf. Hallelujah. Is your intercessor interceding for you? Is your strengthener when you are weak? Glory to God. Is your standby at any point in time when you have need of him. And Jesus is saying, This is why I have to go. This is why I have to go out of the bodily form so that this thing can begin to happen to you. Glory to God. Now when I come to you, into close fellowship with you, but if I go not away, sorry, but if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with what? With you. You see, if I don't go away, it can come to you to have that close fellowship. But I am going to go away and I'm going to send him to you so that you have that close fellowship with him regularly, all the time, anytime, anywhere. Praise God, somebody. You got to be conscious of the Holy Spirit. Now go to King James now. I go to verse number, verse number eight again. King James now, verse number eight. Oh, just leave it amplified. Look at verse number eight again, the amplifier. Let's see what it says there. And when he comes, he will convict and convince the world. Can you get that? He will convict and convince the world. <laughs> and bring demonstration to it about sin and about righteousness, uprightness of heart, and right standing with God, and about judgment. But verse 9. About sin... Because they do not believe in me, trust in, rely on, and adhere to me. So it will bring conviction and conviction. That you convince them and convict them. Glory to God. The wall is what it is with. Verse number 10. About righteousness, uprightness of heart, and right standing with God. Because I go to my Father, and you will see me no longer. What's the next scene? Verse 11. 
about judgment because the ruler, evil, jealous prince of this world, Satan, is judged and condemned and sentenced already is passed upon him. Praise the living God. So who judges Satan? The Holy Spirit. Who sentences him? The Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And that's why he will tell you in Matthew 12, 28, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you because I'm dislodging him from your heart by the Holy Spirit. When I dislodge Satan from your heart, the Holy Spirit comes to take over. Did you get that? I will probably have time to teach you on judgment. But permit me to say this. You as a child of God cannot be judged. This may be strong and heavy, but you got to accept it. You can only be chastened. You can be judged. The world is judged. Sin is judged in the world. You are passed from life, I mean from death unto life. Your judgment is chastisement. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, somebody said, but David, what do you mean we shall appear before the judgment seat? Time is not here to discuss that. When I start going to teach you on judgment, then you understand what that means. You stand before the judgment seat of God. But if you will, do you know even as I'm talking now, you are before the judgment seat? Because the wall is coming to you and the spirit can begin to deal with you and open up your life to the light of God's word. Jesus said, they will not come unto me because these are evil. So when you come to the Lord, you already judge, your, your life is exposed before him, you are exhaled before him, you can see and walk in the light. How can you judge a man walking in the light? What are you judging for? The man in the street can be judged, but you can't be judged. You can only be chastened. And the scripture said here, judgment is for the wicked one. Hallelujah. Somebody will say, but Pastor David, what about Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28? Oh, you're not taking time to read that. Hebrews 9, 28. Let's just read that and we'll close from there today. But I'm telling you of our services in Christ which has to do with our faith in God. We don't walk like the children of Israel anymore. Hebrews 9, 28. I'll start from verse 27. King James. Praise the living God. Look at King James. Hebrews 9, 27 in the King James. Hallelujah. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after that the judgment, this is what people quote most, isn't it? Right. Appointed unto men. I have a friend who is to write, man, look. It's a price we all have to pay. You're just emphasizing what Jesus came to condemn. He judged death even together with sin. The wages of sin is death. He took care of sin. So you're supposed to leave. What's the next thing that you find there? So Christ, glory to God, was once offered to do what? Bear the sins of many. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. 
That's what that scripture is saying. The soul there is a conjunction with verse number 27. It's appointed unto men. Men understand that. All died in Adam. As in Adam, all men died in Adam. Even so that in Christ shall all be made alive. So appointed unto men once to die after that judgment. So Christ. So what's the meaning of that? He took your sin. That means he took your judgment. Your judgment was upon him. That's what he's teaching here. He's not talking of what he's going to be experiencing tomorrow. That's not what he's saying. Praise the living God. So you as a child of God, you have passed from judgment unto what? Unto life. You have to have this consciousness. The Holy Spirit have to get you to see this so that you don't approach God with fear of judgment in your heart. Approach him as a son and if you do anything wrong, he chastise you. Hebrews 12 tells all the same thing. So, who is there that would not be chastened by the Father? You remember that? Right. He said, but the church child may produce what? Peaceable fruit of righteousness. That's what we face when we do wrong things. Praise God somebody. So Israel was doing all of those sacrifices to appease God. To make God not to be offended with them. You know all of those. Every year they come with sacrifices. But we got only one sacrifice as a holy nation. People that God have called to himself. We are a blessed people. We receive Christ as our sacrifice. And we are righteous before God. Because they have become our wisdom and righteousness. Our sanctification and justification and redemption. All of those things are right in Christ. And once we believe in him. We receive all of those into our lives. And we walk with boldness, conviction, rejoicing that our sins are forgiven. We are clean before God. We are righteous people. Hallelujah! We are righteous people! Because we accepted the Lamb of God that taketh away what? The sin of the world. Praise God somebody. So to ease part in all the services, but what is our service today? Our heartfelt appreciation of what God does. We come before him rejoicing and giving thanks and praise for what he has done. We just give him thanks all the time. We just appreciate him for what he has done. We keep on saying, God, we thank you for you took it out of the way. You took our sins out of the way. All judgment were laid on him. You took them out of the way. And we now can come boldly before God. We don't have to come with lambs every year. We need only one lamb and as a lamb of God. Praise God somebody. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.